welcome back everyone we are now at episode three of the heart and soul movement podcast and you're with renee mcdonald and annalise cooper um <laughs> yeah how are you going annalise today yeah i'm good the sun's shining it's a bit windy today yeah. gets in our ears makes you a bit crazy but yeah it's a beautiful day good good things are happening yeah mm. good so um, Annalise is up there in Western Sydney and I'm down here in, in the Gong, if anyone wants to know where we, we are over in New South Wales, if you're listening overseas. Um, and, yeah, so we, I guess today we've decided we're going to talk, the two of us, because because we're therapists and because we can, around some specific topics. And I thought I'd choose empathy because I've, I feel like um, out in the community at the moment um, that empathy is really uh, problematic and has been since the pandemic. There's been a lot of kind of interesting problems that I've come across with my clients and just wondering why is there no empathy of, of people around them? So I wanted to bring this in as a, almost a, as a theme. So we're going to be talking about empathy versus sympathy. We're also going to be talking about compassion, what that actually is, what it looks like and what can humans do about that. And that's almost like the one of the passion projects of Heart and Soul Movement in the first place is, um, you know, what that what that is and then what that means and then what we might do about it and what we all might be able to do about it. So I'm just kind of wondering if you've got anything to add there, Annalise, about what we're going to talk about. Yeah, so I think things are crazy, right, um, out in the big world. We're not seeing really empathy and it's a bit heartbreaking, right? It's a bit sad. Um, mostly maybe the people that we come across might be couples that we're not seeing empathy between one person and another mm. person. Um, mm. and well, that's, yeah, that's where I'm seeing it as well. But, um, you know, what, it, what is empathy to different people and, you know, you can empathize with somebody and still not agree with them. You still not agree mm-hmm. with their point of view or their feeling or their emotion around something. And I think yeah. that is also quite interesting to sort mm. of ponder and think about, right? Because, mm. um, you know, everyone's different and we're allowed to have different feelings and different points mm. of view and different thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that that's sort of where it comes in and a little, maybe a little bit alarming that it's mostly amongst couples Mm-hmm. um and you know maybe alarming and interesting at the same time you know mm-hmm. seeing those differences yeah yeah okay. yeah and and I'm hearing you on a whole other level because I feel like I need to spill a few beans because even therapists seek their own therapy and sometimes even therapists have issues of themselves in their own relationships and that's okay too and so myself and my husband have been recently seeking couples therapy and in the end I had to sever the couples therapy relationship because I didn't actually feel like the couples therapist had empathy for me and my position in the world and so that was also very interesting to experience because um and I think that's the reason for this conversation in the first place um because it's not just the average person who's lacking empathy I'm finding even some of the professional helpers are lacking empathy. So That's just right. it's us too. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. it's giving, giving an example of that is that 
Um, sometimes we can think we have empathy when we actually don't. And I found the, the therapist had apathy for me, not empathy, because empathy is actually putting yourself in the other person's shoes. And it was like she couldn't put herself in my shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I, I know you would understand this, Annalise, like where we are actually at a stage where it's really hard to parent and we were talking about parenting issues and, mm. you know, I got a bit angry and hot under the collar and we all get angry. But but is it, it's almost like it's not okay for a woman to get angry. It's not, it, it's okay for a guy to get angry, but it's not okay for mm. a woman, but it's okay for a woman to get sad. So let's just stay sad, you know. So, right. Yeah. So, interesting there. <laughs> so isn't this like, it's kind of like the, yeah. this, these stereotypes even come in when we're doing therapy or experiencing or, or receiving therapy too. Mm. So these are kinds of the things to, I get to ponder on today. Um. Mm you have anything to add around like your experience either of of therapy or of uh, giving therapy around this yeah absolutely so yeah sorry you had that experience it sounds you know a bit diabolical really but um you know if you flip it on its head we almost have to in the therapy space we always have to take a step back um when we're having these conversations with our clients and remind ourselves that it's not our life and this person mm-hmm. is allowed to feel like this. Um, yep. I find this particularly, you know, if you're doing a session with somebody and they get upset and they they need a second, mm. right? Yeah, It's not okay for me to push them and go, no, that's not okay. They need that second. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to get up, go for a walk, get a drink, maybe go to the bathroom, calm themselves mm-hmm. down. They're allowed to come back to me. Um, Mm. and it's almost like we need to flip that sometimes, turn it on its head and realise that person's feeling is nothing to do with me. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, that's where the compassion then comes in because the compassion is an action. So Mm. when we take on the person's feeling after we're feeling very empathetic for them, I can understand why this person is feeling X, Y, Z, the compassion then comes in and then we're allowed to take our own feelings on board and go, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm now I'm feeling this for this person mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. compassion is an action. So now how do I assist? How do I support? How do mm-hmm. I, um, you know, take that on board and use mm-hmm. that feeling to help this person? Exactly. And that is the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes therapy doesn't work out, and that's the beauty of this podcast for everybody to listen into. Yeah. Sometimes therapy doesn't work out, and it's okay. And all of us are not going to get along well with our therapist or our coach. If and just choose another one. It's not yeah a personal problem of yours or of the therapist. But if the therapist calls you names or says you're in the wrong, actually they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there cannot be any name calling. <laughs> there cannot be any name calling on both sides. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Renee. Very, very interesting on this. Yeah. 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 So, and you, you know, yeah. Sorry, go. Because you mentioned parenting and, and you know, not yeah. everyone's parents, but we, of course, you and I are just for the people out there, mm. but, um, mm. 
even if you're a non-parent or you're a fur baby, you've got fur babies or whatever the deal is, you still are allowed to feel empathy for those people that are going through whatever they're going through. And yes. raising kids right now is tough. It's really yes. tough. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. All array of different things going on and people are coming um, to us, right, with, you know, mm. they might be coming for therapy for themselves or as a couple, but... Mm they've got kids and that sort of does come into it and you, it's very it's very fine line you know and judging people how they parent and their thoughts behind that it's a mm. very tricky line I feel um Absolutely. yeah yeah mm. yeah mm. I do sometimes um you know when people come to me with their their things around parenting I do sometimes share um my own mm. experiences you know in in increments and of mm. course it's relevant to what they're going through um, and I mm. think it helps people it shows that I'm being very empathetic for them mm. um mm. but it's mm. not so I can go well I've had that too it's not like that but it's yeah. like it almost shows them like this is real this is real yeah. and yes. yeah. you know we're all we all doing this on a different sort of a level and it changes mm. from day to day so that's where the empathy comes in with that mm -hmm. so yeah, absolutely. Very interesting. And you have three. Um, I only have two. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a challenge. And yeah, I mean, just all that kind of stuff. It's also about, you know, empathy is always for another person, but it's not necessarily where we have to do the work for them. That's mm -hmm. even the compassion piece might push us to do something but it shouldn't be to do everything for that person. If we're starting to do everything for that person, we're sympathising and even taking away the tasks that they might need to do to heal themselves. Yes. So that's yes. a, it's a fine line and that's the kind of thing that you learn in counselling school but also, you know, if you, if you work as a coach too, so if anyone's listening back who are those people, you know, these are the kinds of things we have to regularly think about and it's very nuanced. And so when... When your client says, I didn't feel like you empathized with me, you should actually listen because maybe mm. you might not, you might only have a small window into their world. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've been quite, quite surprised. There's been situations recently where I've had providers argue with my clients. I've had weird situations going on. This is why I feel like this is probably going to be a conversation we're going to have to continuously have in this, in this podcast because the Heart and Soul Movement mm. podcast is all about feelings, empathy, compassion, not sympathy. Because we usually have sympathy when we might feel sorry for someone if they lose a loved one or that kind of thing. That's what a sympathy card or, you know, buying the flowers or whatever because we can't put ourselves in that person's shoes but even if you go into a grief counselor's office and you you know do if you're bereaved if you're bereaved from a loss you you generally are there to work through it your counselor doesn't have to have gone through what you've gone through and that's oh. the tricky thing but I, over the years I've had some clients ask me um you know have you been through a loss yourself so I'm going to say yes to that. But if you're a therapist and you haven't, that's not necessarily something you have to answer. But the problem is the client might actually need to know that if there's been significant losses 
in the client's uh, life. So it really depends on you might not be able to go as deep with your empathy. And I guess what I also wanted to mention in this podcast today, I love Dan Goldman's work, um, the guy who wrote Emotional Intelligence. And um, he's come out subsequently around three levels of empathy. And most people only get to level one. And I guess that was my argument with, with the therapist recently. It's yeah. like she was at level one. She thought she knew how it was to be me. That's cognitive yeah. empathy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Emotional empathy is when you kind of feel it. That's where you get your compassion fatigue or your vicarious trauma if you're feeling yeah. it and not doing anything with it. But then there's yeah. compassionate empathy where you actually want to do something about it, but you're not going to do it for your client or for the other person. So this is whether you're a lay person or a therapist, you're not going to do the work for them. Yeah. But you actually want to do something in action to support the other person. So yeah. that's the kind of distinction. What do you think yeah. about those uh, from Dan, Dan Goldman's work? Yeah, so I think the emotional intelligence is quite, you know, that's interesting. I have been sort of researching a little bit of that in, in my spare mm. time. Mm. Um, but getting only to level one, that is, you know, out of the three levels, that is a little bit, you know, like, whoa, like if, if you're going to therapy and um, or you're looking for a therapist and thinking, oh, you know, what's this therapist capable of for me? That's a little bit terrifying, I think sitting on the other side of the fence um yeah it's not you know and like you said you know going through that person's trauma and wearing that a little bit that is where the fatigue can set in for us um and the ordinary person as well you know and, and like a an empath um but yeah it's um I think it's a, a, like you said, maybe a good topic that we need to keep bringing up and mm. maybe bringing people on board uh, for different mm. sides of, you know, the fence and different points of view to see mm -hmm. what happens. Because um, like you said, when sympathy comes in and feeling sorry for somebody, for mm. me, it's a very sad um, mm. word. You know, it's very sad. Mm. To, I feel sorry for them. There's all different mm. levels of that, of course, as well, but um yeah empathy is the being respectful of the other person's feelings mm -hmm. realizing you don't have to understand it like you were talking mm -hmm. about your therapist um she doesn't have to understand how you're feeling she doesn't mm -hmm. have to understand it but she has to be respectful mm -hmm. of that feeling that you're mm -hmm. having because feelings are real we can't it's not something that we can normally just turn off and on right a feeling is a feeling yeah. um it's mm -hmm. not an action you know, we can control our actions, mm. we can control our words, but we mm. can't control our feelings. And, you know, mm. um, maybe this is something that fellow therapists have to do a little bit of deep soul searching of themselves to to, exactly. to see it, right? And I, I guess I want to say too, like, um, we don't always get it right either, right? We don't mm. always get that feeling right. We can have something else sure. going on in sure. our life. Um, that can be sort of shadowing over that and we need to be aware of that as well um, and if maybe if we have got something going on in our life you know um, it's probably not a good idea to see somebody that is um, you know suffering 
um, a particular trauma if we've just experienced that too or a particular loss maybe mm. that's time where we need mm. to block out our diary and go okay I need mm. a few days to work on myself right now so I can be the best for my clients so I don't project um, that feeling mm-hmm. on them and so that empathy has a yep. chance to turn into compassion so then we have the drive to help this person and support them properly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I like what you're bringing in there too because I'm I'm big on that and I take breaks and even I know you know this, Annalise, um, we've yeah. recently hired an au pair um, because I've had a sick child. There's been all these kinds of things happen. But, you know, um, my window of tolerance has been very slim and so yeah. it's it's then I'm just, you know, being real about this because I think it's important that listeners hear this, that we all go through things, therapists or not, and that then you need to seek support, help, support, whatever you need. It could be a therapist or it could be like, you know, creative solution, like in our case, an au pair, because, you know, I've got a lot of responsibilities and the important thing is to, we need to weigh up all of our responsibilities with, you know, looking after ourselves, with looking after our children. If you've got them, you might end up needing to come up with a creative solution to have some self-compassion. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting one, right? Finding Maybe finding that solution to have that self-compassion and going, okay, um, this is what I'm feeling and how do I support myself through this, whether it's taking a day off or going to the beach and reading a book or, you know, whatever you need to do. Um which is interesting, right? Because we we forget about that. You know, we forget about that a lot, a lot, a lot. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so something else I wanted to bring in, and, and, you know, this is kind of a little bit obtuse, but I think it's relevant to this stuff. Um, mm. So is um, just so happened to decide to wear this blue top today. And I wanted yeah. to talk about it to the, the <laughs> audience, um, even though some of you will be listening, some of you will be watching on YouTube. But this blue top that I'm wearing, um, sometimes it comes up and looks purple, but it's actually um, almost like a royal blue. Depends on the lighting that you can see this in yeah. um, or you can't see it. So anyway, it's a royal blue top. And um, I was choosing this top today. It just I felt like it came to me that I needed to wear it. Um, and I wore this top to my girlfriend's funeral that I talk about in my book. Um, and so, um, and, you know, I guess I wanted to bring this in that there's lots of different things that you can do if you've lost a loved one. This is for, you know, because I do work a lot with grief. Um, if you've lost a loved one, it's like how to bring them close to your heart. So, um, you know, this top just reminds me of her. So I'm just wondering if you have any things like that, of any, people either you've lost or, or situations you've had that might you you might have certain little um rituals or things that you might do yeah that's so interesting um you think about that you've sort of popped that on on me Renee um I know right what do I have yeah what do I have oh I have um I do have a scarf from my grandmother um that is uh, you know, it probably needs a good repair at the moment because it's very, very old. Um, something that she, uh, I believe she bought it over from Germany. Um, so, yeah. Um, and unfortunately right now it doesn't smell of her anymore. It still had her sort of scent on it. Um, yeah. 
but it's some of it is threadbare but I do wear that sometimes yeah just to feel close and you know mm. maybe reminisce a little bit yeah mm -hmm. interesting mm. yeah yeah. I'm not, yeah I'm not sure about that that's a really tough question actually <laughs> right yeah. So, so this is about self-compassion for our own grief or loss experiences. Um, mm. you know, and and in my case, I also, if anyone can see this, it's like a little yeah. um a dragonfly. Um, that's my grandma that I wear every day. Um, so one of the last things that happened when she passed, she um had a dragonfly fly in the room. Um, and my husband bought me this to, you know, um to be close to her. Um, so yeah, so I guess it's just a really interesting thing to think about everyone if you're listening how um how are you connected to your loved ones if they've passed or um what do you do to make yourself feel better about like um a negative situation that you might be experiencing mm, mm. and maybe remember the positives um rather than the, the fact that they're not here with us anymore you know remembering the nice things and the joy bringing the joy back right? absolutely you know? absolutely yeah. that's that's the point mm. yeah. yeah so yeah. um uh you know based on our conversation today um just kind of wondering if what else would you add in around the empathy compassion and sympathy piece mm. yeah okay um well i think like i said you know, empathy is the ability to understand how somebody's feeling. Um, mm -hmm. So don't I don't really know, you know, what I've said. Understanding the emotions and, and the situation is one thing, but being respectful of that person's feelings because and reminding ourselves, like I said, that we, we sometimes do need to take a step back and realise that this isn't our feeling. It's got nothing mm -hmm. to do with us. It's their feeling. Mm -hmm. But we, mm -hmm. we should be able to empathise with them and understand it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, compassion for me is an action. Um, it's an actioning thing. So, you know, feeling very compassionate um, about it and, you know, letting my feelings then come in about the situation um but then you know when we go into that sympathy part you know feeling sorry for somebody um it almost lacks empathy right that sympathy part it's almost like it's yeah. ripped out of it um and yeah i don't know do you think that there can be compassion behind sympathy no um, and in fact, I've actually yeah. written some some work about that. Um, yeah. On that note, um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, for the for the for the listeners, um, I've come up, and you might even be interested um, on my Instagram profile. Um, I've got a um, a little um, based on research in my own uh, counselling practice, a, a, a chart that I put together. Um, based on a lot of different knowledge that I've got, but um, kind of the the transpersonal tradition of therapy, and the transpersonal is the spiritual side of things. Then it's also the um, um, the um, there's the standard <clears throat> um, person centered tradition of therapy. There's there's all sorts of different um, uh, I guess. Um, elements of what I put together for this particular 
um, uh, chart. And so the chart um, is a very interesting one around um, uh, the feeling states. And I just want to go back. I put it up on um, in 2020. So we okay. move from yeah. we move from the, our feeling states. We can move either positive or negative, depending on our feeling states. So, um, and if we're moving to the negative, what can actually happen in our feeling state is we can move from sympathy to apathy to complete numbness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the negative sentiment threshold. Um, which actually the Gottmans talk about in their uh, version of couples therapy. Um, so when you've got a negative sentiment, it's when you usually hate yourself and hate other people and you just kind of, uh, and and interestingly enough, the negative sentiment is when you're moving into sympathy. So um, often it's when you not only can't put yourself in the other shoes, you kind of might be even writing them off too even if you're sympathetic you can still write people off which is also interesting yeah when when you're empathic you hold no judgment for the other yeah yeah so Renee do you think um people that are going into that sympathy sort of area that that sort of gray area I almost feel like they think they're being compassionate by being (laughs) sympathetic right and I'm feeling like that is a big big issue they're sort of missing the whole connection of that um mm. in the big wide world mm-hmm. out there because you know mm. yeah 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 and and you know it even goes down to a lot of people aren't sympathetic or empathetic towards their bosses um but vice versa in a big way yeah. many yeah. bosses are not empathic towards their workers um but the empathy piece is um is putting yourself in the other person's shoes based on a lot of the different research. But it also is, um, it's the M part, like, so if we, I don't know if everybody is aware of this, but the word um, apathy and empathy, apathy is the opposite to empathy because the M part, E-M, is actually with. And pathy, it comes from the Greek pathos, um, which is to feel. So it's with feeling. Um, empathy actually means okay. with feeling. Um, oh. mm, That's interesting. And, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and th- someone said to me the other day, and this is what's fascinating, is these days we say someone's pathetic if they're a bit of a joke or an idiot or something like that. But previously mm. when someone was pathetic, it was that, they weren't doing very well and we needed to look after them. Ah, that's so an interesting thought. Dramatically change with those people we need to care about. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so then when we move from empathy, we can move to compassion by doing something. This is kind of in the feeling state chart I put together. And then from compassion, we can actually move to what's called transcendence. If we look at someone like Jesus and Buddha and all those types of people, they actually exuded compassion. It's not just merely they had empathy, they had compassion, and then they were able to heal others. Um, and so the true calling of a spiritual 
healer, practitioner, therapist is actually to exude compassion and mm-hmm. exude healing with others and then you actually move to your own personal transcendence and that even links itself back with um Maslow's hierarchy of needs you move towards um self-actualization um yeah. so um I don't know what you think about all of, all of that I don't know I've thrown that in there today yeah you've thrown that in there um <laughs> yeah it's a it's quite a big concept right thinking about Jesus and Buddha and 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 the gods right um as you know exuding that compassion um I've never thought about it that way before to be honest with you I think that that's a huge thing to think about um maybe something I will be thinking about after this for a little bit um yeah very very interesting yeah 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 and it's something I ponder on because it's actually what's lacking in our society is mm. this is yeah. like compassion and actually other people exuding compassion. Um, sorry about the noises out there. Um, <laughs> if anyone can hear that, um, I'm on a main Sweet. street. <laughs> um, if you've heard the beeping. Um, uh, yeah, so um, can't control the cars beeping out there. Um, so, so I guess... Um, you know, we probably need to wrap up today's conversation. Would there be anything you, you need to add to this? I don't think so. I think, um, you know, I, I've sort of worked out in my head because I love it when you say, hey, you know, like we're going to talk about this and I'm like, okay. Um, and <laughs> then it gets the, the cogs going again. Um, and, of course, we studied this, you know, when we were studying, but it's nice. I had a little flashback last night when I was thinking about it. Um, because it's nice to bring up, you know, those learnings again. Um, and one thing I guess I did realize, um, that I'm really quite clear on how I feel about it, which is quite interesting. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I'm quite, um, quite firm on how I'm feeling about the empathy to the compassion to the sympathy and yeah, which is, you know, something nice for me to realize about myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but the other thing I wanted to leave people with is a thought. So thank you for all that because that's amazing too, you know, like on so many mm. levels. Um, the other thing I wanted to leave people with is the concept that sympathy is what happens to people over there. Mm. Those people over there have had the loss of their mom, mother, father, partner, brother, sister, whoever, child, you know, Sympathy is happening to those people over there. Empathy is what happens in here between and connecting and the heart math group talks about heart resonance. You have heart resonance with someone when you have empathy. If you don't have heart resonance, you don't have empathy and you can't even gain compassion. We need to be connecting on a heart resonance level. Uh, with other humans um so I just wanted to kind of leave everyone in that with that kind of thought and yeah. um, that's the whole point of heart and soul movement mm, very much so and is that that empathy that keeps our clients coming back to us um yes. you know particularly maybe those clients that you you see for a, a series of sessions and you yeah. never hear from them again and then a year or six months later they pop up and go, hey, I need you. <laughs> yes. Um, is yes. that the empathy that keeps them coming back because they feel that from us? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Very interesting. Exactly. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah. And and we can feel it online like this, even though people say, oh, no, it's better in person. Yeah, sure. But actually heart resonance has now been proven through the Heart Math Institute. You don't need to be in the same room. Mm. You can actually cross the other side of the world so you can still yes. have empathy online space. Yes, yes. I think maybe that's an interesting thing for people to think about that don't maybe agree with online um, mm. therapy. Sure. Um, I feel feel like I have a fantastic relationship with my my clients Um, and you know you know probably it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you Renee but um, you know it's absolutely possible you know for those people maybe if you're out there and you're considering online um, therapy um, just you know very off topic but it's it's a very useful um, way of getting support for yourself um, when you can't be face-to-face with a client and when you're not feeling so strong that getting in the car and going to somebody's office is Mm. um, maybe in the too hard basket, whereas switching on Mm. is easier Mm. for you. You can still feel uh, Mm. supported. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you of course and always um and it's amazing always here i feel like um you know there's a good synergy here and next time we will be talking to another guest we're going to kind of have different guests along the way not every session where we have a guest but sometimes it will be like almost this week um, what I'm really noticing in the world we need so I feel like that's what I wanted to bring today and I feel like um and Lisa was very much on board with this one which is great yeah Um, absolutely maybe if maybe Annalise I can pop it over to you and maybe you can think about a topic we can talk about later after our our guest next Yeah, amazing. And I think if there's anybody listening that would like to hear something, you know, yes. let us know um, because yes. we can arrange that and we're happy to yes. bring that those topics to you. Um, Renee, yes. I feel like you also need to mention your Instagram because you were talking <laughs> about it before. So somebody needs to jump on and see what you were looking at. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, so I've got a couple of different channels on Instagram, Renee McDonald Official. Um, you can find me there. Or um, that one is under Butterfly Courage, but you'll need to scroll back to about uh, 2020 (laughs) Um, for the um, feeling state chart. um, It is something I've put together over the years. I've been working as a a practitioner and also just the work I've done in the spiritual meeting um, uh, therapy space. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Well, if anyone's looking for it, they can now find it um, and do some research. So yeah Absolutely. and um, I guess if anyone wants to find me um, 0413-860841 or evolution counseling studio at protonmail.com um, yeah yeah excellent thank you Annalise and for me it's uh, Renee mcdonald.com it's just www.reneemcdonald.com thanks everyone thanks Annalise you're amazing you're have welcome. a great weekend everyone if you're listening to this on a friday we're meeting on a friday but um have a good rest of your week everyone yeah perfect be safe and have fun bye everyone bye